This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Reverend David Cadwell posed a rather interesting question. Which would you prefer for a next door neighbor? A person of excellent habits or a person with a good heart? Which would you prefer for a good friend? A person of excellent habits or a person with a good heart? Which would you prefer for a husband or a wife? A person of excellent habits or a person with a good heart? Which would you prefer for a child? A child with excellent habits or a child with a good heart? It is wonderful to have a neighbor who conscientiously cares for his property while respecting your property. It is wonderful to have a friend who always treats you with consideration. It is wonderful to be married to a husband who always is thoughtful and courteous, or to a wife who always is gracious in her comments and deeds. It is wonderful to have a son or daughter who shows respect and uses good manners. As wonderful as those traditions, those situations are, none of them compare to having a neighbor, a friend, a husband or a wife, a son or a daughter, When you discuss good behavior, you are discussing the quality of a person's self-control. When you discuss a good heart, you are discussing the quality of a person. This is the focus of today's scripture. Pharisees and teachers have come down from Jerusalem, and interestingly, they are gathered around Jesus, watching the disciples. The disciples, it seems, are eating lunch. They have come in from the day's work, too tired and too hungry to care that their hands and faces were dirty. They immediately sat down to eat without washing their hands. The Pharisees seized upon this ceremonial oversight and questioned Jesus. Why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders and clean their hands before they eat? This is all that Jesus needs to hear. He sticks up for his disciples, turns on these teachers and says, in essence, why don't you live according to the traditions of God? and clean your hearts. What mistake did these Pharisees make? What is Jesus trying to convey, not only to them, but to us as well? You see, it's just as easy for us to fall into a good habit and leave behind a good heart. What is Jesus warning us of? Jesus is warning us not to prefer creeds to deeds. I like the story about Queen Victoria, who was at a diplomatic reception in one the guest of honor was an African chieftain. All went well during the, during the meal until at the end, finger bowls were served. The guest of honor had never seen a British finger bowl, and no one had thought to brief him beforehand about its purpose. So he took the finger bowl in his two hands, lifted it to his mouth, and drank its contents down to the very last drop. For an instant, there was a breathless silence among the British upper crust. And then they began to whisper to one another. All that stopped in the next instant as the queen, <coughs> Victoria, silently took her finger bowl in her two hands, lifted it, and drank its contents. A moment later, 500 surprised British ladies and gentlemen simultaneously drank the contents of their finger bowls. <laughs> it was against the rules to drink from a finger bowl. But on that particular evening, Victoria changed the rules because she was, after all, the queen. It is against the rules not to wash your hands before you eat. And on that, the Pharisees called the hand of the disciples who followed Jesus. But Jesus recognizes their hypocrisy and quotes from, from Isaiah. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Now, our tradition should not kill our compassion. When people are in need and love is called upon, we should not, we should set aside our human rules and act with a human heart. God prefers deeds to creeds, love over law, and hearts over habits. We should be careful here. Jesus is not saying do away with creeds. Listen to how he, uh, Jesus admonishes the rulers. He says, you have a fine way of set, uh, setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own tradition. Now listen, the greatest creed, he says, is to honor your father and your mother. You should not set aside the greater commandment for the lesser one, especially when the lesser one is one we've created. Mm -hmm. Our first priority is to our devotion to God. 
But did you know that devotion can sometimes hinder our Christian discipleship? That's precisely what happened here. The Pharisees and teachers of the law made a rule. The rule was called Corbin. It held that when a gift was devoted to God, it couldn't be rescinded. Let's say you, you pledge a certain amount of money next year to the church. Let's say $10,000. Hey, that's a dream. <laughs> that money is Corbin. It has been devoted to God. And that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But then tragedy strikes. And your parents need financial help. As your pastor, I expect you to reduce your gift to the church and give it to your parents. Which is greater? Moses' commandment to honor your parents or your pledge to help the church? The Pharisees got into trouble because they used their Corbin rule to lock people into gifts they could not keep when trouble came. That's not love. That's law. That's not living from the heart. That's living under the constraints of a habit. If your creed is standing in the way of doing a good deed, then examine the creed. It might be killing your compassion. That's Jesus' first warning. Amen. Secondly, Jesus is warning us not to look at the outside habits, but rather the inside motives. It is interesting that the Pharisees chose to send a delegation all the way from Jerusalem to Galilee, a 60-mile journey. The delegation is not there for, for a spot of tea. They have come to observe for a while. How long we do not know, but you can bet that their presence was not welcomed. Why is this? Because it was so often the case, they were not on a fact-finding mission, but a fault-finding mission. Looking for any reason to hang Jesus, they seize upon a minor infraction. The disciples are not faulted for not performing, or disciples are not are faulted for not performing the religious ritual of hand washing before they ate. An unclean act. Now, what's going on here? What does unclean mean? And the obvious explanation, as you might have uh, guessed, is dirty hands. But the practice of washing was not done for reasons of health in that day. It was done for religious purity. It was thought that the normal activities and circumstances of everyday living made a Jew unclean before God. Pouring water over the hands washed away this defilement. It's an interesting question. Can outside rituals make us inside saints? It's like the young man who came to a great rabbi and said, Teacher, well, he made a rabbi. It was wintertime then, and the rabbi stood at the window with his back to the young man, looking out upon the courtyard. The young man was droning into his ear a, a glowing account of his piety and learning. The young man said, You see, rabbi, I always go dressed in spotless white like the sages of old. I never drink any alcoholic beverage, only water ever passes my lips. And I live a plain and simple life. I have sharp-edged nails inside my shoes to mortify me. Even in the coldest weather, I lie naked in the snow to torment my flesh. Also daily, I receive 40 lashes on my bare back to complete each day's penance. As the young man spoke, a white horse was led into the yard and to the water trough. It drank and it rolled in the snow as horses sometimes do. Just look, cried the rabbi. That animal, too, is dressed in white. It also drinks nothing but water, has nails in its shoes, and rolls naked in the snow. Also, rest assured, it gets its daily, uh, daily ration of 40 lashes on the rump from its master. Now I ask you, is it a saint, or is it a horse? Do clean hands make for a clean heart? To answer this, Jesus called the crowd to decide. And the Pharisees and teachers looking on, he said, Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes us unclean. Amen. Dirty hands do not make a dirty heart. From within, Jesus said, Not from without. It is greed, not grime, malice, not money, deceit, not dust, arrogance, not alcohol that makes us unclean. Water will not wash away sexual immorality. Religious rituals will not cleanse us from envy, slander, and arrogance. All these evils, Jesus said, come from inside and make us unclean. God is interested in good hearts, not good habits. He's interested in the inside, not the outside. These are the two lessons we should take with us this, this afternoon. But there's one more point here, and it is buried within the story. We have to think 
slowly through the story. <coughs> Jesus is letting us know that God requires good hearts and good deeds. He's also saying God requires good creeds. First reading it's on first reading it sounds as though Jesus is condemning ritualistic religion. But he's not. Rituals are good things. If pouring water over our hands to remove dirt reminds us that we need daily to wash our hearts and practice generosity, kindness, faithfulness, humility, and fidelity to our spouses, then that is a good thing. If on the other hand we think that the simple act of pouring water over our hands makes us acceptable before God, then that is a bad thing. Traditions are good things. Every church has them. But our traditions should never stand in the way of God's command to love our neighbor and honor our parents. Corbin, the Pharisees demanded, a gift devoted to God. Family members may be suffering, but don't break your promise to God. That kind of strict adherence to a tradition is, is a religion with no heart. Let me also say a word on behalf of creeds. Creeds are good things. They are. They're just necessary. Most every Sunday we say a derivative of the Apostles' Creed. The church has been saying that creed for almost 1900 years. It's one of our rituals, one of our traditions. Does saying it make you holy? No. Does memorizing it make you a saint? No. If from your heart you earnestly believe all that the creed teaches, you are holy. You are a saint. You see, you see, don't you? You can have all of your I's dotted and all your T's crossed. You can perform all the right rituals and recite word for word the creed, but it won't make you clean before God. Religion, if it is if it is good religion, is from the heart. Frederick Buckner imagined a youngster learning to play the piano. The child holds her hands just as she's been told. She has memorized the piece perfectly. She has hit all the proper notes with deadly accuracy. But her heart's not in it, only her fingers. What she's playing is a a sort of music, but nothing that will start voices singing or feet tapping. When it comes to faith and life, let me ask you a question. Are, are our hearts in it or only your fingers? Are you allowing God's renewing grace to work in you from deep within? For God requires deeds, not creeds, love rather than law, and hearts over habits. All right, please have a seat for the announcements. I got a lot of announcements today, guys, so bear with me. We got a bunch. We got these new graphics. Hey, how are we doing? Yeah, it looks good. It's really good. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. That's an email address in case any of you didn't know. Um, That's for prayer requests. You can remain anonymous. You can use your name. We pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. Yes, we do. You can ask that we pray for you here during the week, or you can also request that we, uh, as a congregation, pray for you on Sunday, and we'll be glad to do that for you. Pray at LSULC.com. It's very simple. Just send us an email, uh, give us your information, what are your prayer requests, and we'll be glad We'll be glad to pray for you. That's, that's our duty. So please, use it. It's there. Okay? Ah! This is something new for us this year, guys, and this is very good. Uh, last, last year, they didn't allow churches in the North Texas Giving Day. Um, this is a charity, a, a big event for us because there's a lot of prizes and things that we can win, and, and we can get some money matched. We can actually get, we can actually win some money. Um, if you're gonna, if you know anybody that is thinking about donating to the church, if you're thinking about donating to the church, this is the time to do it because on this day, it, it just it, it's like extra gifts get to us. You know, we say. Save your money from, from that Sunday, from that Sunday, and get up that day and send it in, okay? Also, all, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, every little bit helps because if we get an entry, if we get a donation every hour during that day, we get an entry into different contests every hour. It's over like ten thousand dollars. I'm telling you, this yeah. is some big stuff here. 
Okay, so also, um, it's not just on the 20th. You can pre-do this. You can start talking, I believe, it says in the in the we're going to show here, but I think it's the 10th to the 20th. I think you can obviously do it. So yeah, if we'll run that, let's run that, and we'll kind of explain a little more about it. There we go. Want to be a part of making North Texas an even stronger and more vibrant community? Community's Foundation of Texas's North Texas Giving Day makes it easy. Go online to NorthTexasGivingDay.org on September 20th and give to your favorite local nonprofits all at once. Help a veteran, save an animal, or beautify a neighborhood. A community that gives together, grows together. Can give on September 20th? No problem. Schedule your donation at NorthTexasGivingDay.org anytime between September 10th and 19th. Okay, so pretty simple. Um, if, if you can't do it on the twentieth, you can pre-register. Excuse me, you can pre-put uh, uh, in your money. Yeah. Look, I, I know we all, we all, none of us are rich, and I'm not asking for miracles here. But look, if you know anybody that's willing to donate to the church, we're really trying to grow here, man. It's, it's, it's been we're really having some growing pains with growing, and, and this is a good thing for us. And this could be, you know, this could be some good stuff for us. It really help us out. Okay, so it's North Texas Day on twentieth. I will be reminding you of this. Don't worry, it's also in your bulletin, so don't forget, guys. Okay. Right. Guess what? You can make a difference. Guys, we need volunteers. Um, uh, we're a small congregation, but we have, <laughs> we're have we a big production, and there's a lot that goes on into putting this together, and we could use your help. If you have time, I mean, you know, an hour before service, an hour after service, a couple hours during the week, whatever you can do, we will take anything. I mean, Sweeping. Anything, <laughs> please me. There's I'll something you can door. do around here, and I, I'm sure you all have some wonderful gifts that you can that you can share with us as well that will help us grow. Um, I mean, you're, 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 uh, of course, I'm going to say your, your first priority is to go and get some butts in our seats. That's please right. help us out. There's some right. people in here. <laughs> people going here. You just have to tell people about it. They have to know what you want. Okay, but that's we just volunteer too. Please, if you, if, if you can, if you can spare some time, please come in, talk to me, call us, whatever. And, and, and an hour, two hours, and it's it's pretty small. Or, or five hours or 80 hours, whichever you prefer, we'll take anything, okay? All right. Hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? <laughs> That's right. Ultimately, we have a podcast. Let me tell you something. This is pretty cool. This podcast, I started this thing. When I first put this thing on, I thought, yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. Everybody's just going to go watch YouTube. They don't want to watch this stuff. And you did it again, Jimmy, didn't you? Yeah, I Always trying to rush me. He's trying to make me go fast. I even gave him the cue word to, to make it right, and he still didn't get it right. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, that's it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, look, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a totally different experience to listen to the podcast than to watch it on YouTube. I don't know why. It's the same words. It's the same recording. It's the same sound. It's just different. It's, it's, it's a different experience. If you haven't done it, go do it. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't hurt to listen to it twice. You can watch it on YouTube and then go listen to it on the podcast. Believe it or not, you actually do pick up some things that you missed. You really do. I mean, it's amazing some of the things I miss in my own sermons. Let's go all that Spotify, though. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you can see us on, you can listen to us, you can't see us, but you can hear us on Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Castbox, Radio Public, Stitcher, and of course, Spotify. Where you can tell, I can tell Alexa, Alexa, watch this, Alexa, ask any pod. To, pay, to play your path with Bishop Mark. It's been a while since you listened to your path with Bishop Mark. Oh, uh, like to hear the newest episode? This is the Alexa. Yes. Okay, here's the newest Check this episode out. in your path with Bishop Mark. On this episode, backsliding Proper 16 be August 26, 2018 sermon. There it is. Now that's pretty cool to me. Now, I'm, I'm explaining myself to you guys. I listen to, I have Alexa in the bedroom also, so I do listen to my sermon back there. So that's why she's saying it's been a while. I love it. Isn't that cool? I just say it with my words, and there she is. Okay, Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop, please. I mean, I'm, I'm so polite to Alexa, too. I really should, you know, it's just a habit. Okay, all right. Okay, guys, it's coming up again. It's come up to this again, and it's happened. We have a schedule change ahead. Okay, coming up on Sunday, September the 23rd. I'm giving you plenty of notice here. Believe me, we fought for this notice because it was actually going to be next weekend. It was actually going to be the second Sunday. It was going to be it, and, and they just changed that on me. So we kind of fought to get a little more notice here. 
Um, we will have service at 11 a.m. So um, I have a previous engagement that I have to go to. I've got to make it. I, I don't do these very often. I'm, I try not to, to interfere with church, but unfortunately, this one I, I have to attend. Um, so, so September 23rd, September 23rd, it's a couple weeks away, we will begin at 11 a.m. Bright and early at the crack of dawn. 11 a.m. Sure mm-hmm. 11 a.m., okay? Um, I have to be somewhere that, that afternoon, okay? Uh, the next week, God, you know, willing, we will be back to our 3 o'clock normal service because I don't do mornings very well. So, so on the 23rd, please, please make a note of it, put it in your books, put it in your blackberries, put it in your apples, put it in your whatever you put it in these days. Uh, the 23rd will begin at 11 a.m. That's not, that's, not, that's not too bad. You got that's pretty good. Not too bad. Please keep in your prayers. Um, Deacon Partain. He's still not with us. So we just ask that you uh, continue to pray for him. And we will continue to pray for Nathan Graham. Uh, hope that he... Um, we miss him. We do. We miss him here. And um, I hope that he is finding what he needs. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. So, what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? I said every time we do the round table, I mean... What I say, I want your opinion on everything. I want to know what you like, what you didn't like. I want to know if you want to get rid of something in the service. I want to know if you want to keep something in the service. Or we can just talk about the sermon. I very, very much like the subject matter. You like the subject matter. Okay. Let's follow your little snack and tell me, tell me what you liked about the subject matter. See, the problem is eating peanut butter now. If you've been eating something to drink now, too. I want to keep this guy. Is that okay? Okay. That's yeah, I think it's kind of up to him. <laughs> now, if this is a marriage proposal, uh, I'll be glad to, no, no, you know. No. Oh, okay. I just, I just think that um, manners get, get forgotten, or, or I mean, not, not, not enough people uh, practice them, but not enough people are just, you know, kind to one another, and, and it's just kind of gotten good. What do manners have to do with it? Were, were, are we talking about manners? I thought. Are we? Yeah. What are we talking about? Creeds or deeds? Right. Well, you know, we, uh, you also emphasize. I did one manners, and, and <coughs> you know they go a long way, and, and they do. Yeah, and the deeds, you know, actually preach and like that, and, and not what do or do rather than say, you know, all the time, and follow, you know, follow what you say up with actions. So, what exactly? I'm missing the part where you can talk about manners. That, that, that you you about manners. I did, but it wasn't it wasn't emphasizing that. We were talking about you know well, our our kids with good manners. But it's much better to have a kid with a good heart. I still think what I think. I, 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 I agree with you. Manners are great. I, mm-hmm. I think we need a lot more of them in this world. I, I agree with you. But I do. I, well, that's what I was going to say, and I, this might, I don't believe that, or I don't agree with that honor the father and mother should be like first and foremost or, or whatnot. They don't always deserve it, uh, apparent, uh, you know, honestly. And so, I mean, they, you know, you, you can have a, your parents or your parents, but if they don't deserve it, then, then they don't deserve it. Okay. So. Okay, so we say, go ahead. Um, yeah, first of all, what I got out of it most was hearts over habits. And this, absolutely, and what makes it so fabulous and interesting is like, that was great. Like, going back to what you just by what you just said, uh, I don't believe that you should honor your parents if they don't serve you. Well, look, your parents are not just like you, you're human. And so they might have, going back to hearts over habits, it's like, you might have the heart, as long as your heart is there and you know your your vows of morals, like what makes you you, then everything around it becomes an auxiliary. You know what I'm saying? So is that equals your parents? So whether they deserve it or not, you still should honor them because, well, yeah, in a general, in a general. Well, yeah, and I and I'm not saying that, that if you you know if you spit on them when they're when they're drowning, I'm not saying that at all. You know, but some people like you know I I, I have a friend that is. There's a decade older than me, but he wants a tattoo, but he still will not get a tattoo because he's afraid of what his parents Good. think. And that is cool. That is cool. I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic. I just have a different perspective, I guess. What is your perspective on that? My perspective is that I love my parents, obviously, and, and, and I would never let any harm come to them if I could help it. 
and and I would would yeah um, depend on everybody like that. But um, my um, my parents have you know uh, dropped and, and dropped the ball, and it's not a hard. I'm sure it's not a hard job. I'm sure it's a very hard job. Excuse me, to be a parent. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure, obviously, and um, and it's a humongous responsibility. But um, uh, you're you know you're you're they don't always. I'm listening. Go ahead. They don't always necessarily. Just, well, I don't know how to say this without really. It's a tough one, isn't it? You're trying to touch something. Like, 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 that is one of God's commandments. Honor your father and your mother. They can be close to you, but they might not. Just because of your birth parents doesn't mean they're your parents. They might not. I'm saying they're the only ones you have. And they don't really do. I mean, and I'm not saying that applies to me, but. I think there are some extenuating circumstances sure. when honoring your mother and your father would be an, an issue that, that could possibly be overlooked. It's not my place to say what those are, because I, I've not been in those. That's you know, the are, parents are human. Sure. They are, yeah. absolutely. Parents make mistakes. They do. Believe it or not, they do. Um, but when it comes down to something like extreme abuse, um, hopefully, hopefully, there are you know, laws in place and people in place and, 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 and things that, that stop that pretty quickly. And That's then right. then the honoring of the mother and father is an issue because yeah. they're no longer there. That's my God. And then let me, say, let me also say that, I mean, if you've lost a parent, I mean, you, 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 you realize that how much you wish you could have honored them when they were there. So um, You did honor them. If, if you realize that then, if you realize that when your parents are gone, you have that in your heart, you did honor them. Okay? And it's not too late. It's not too late to honor them just because they're not here on this earth anymore. I'm going to get into that because I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm in the same boat, Jim. I've lost my mother also. And it kills me. I miss my mother every single day. Every day I miss her. But I know that I'm still honoring her. And I know that I still honor her wishes that she would have had for me. Probably more now than I was when she did when she was alive, unfortunately. I was a rebel just like my mother. My mother and I were very much alike. We were, we were so much alike that we actually, you know, I, I talk about it in the poem that I wrote about uh, um, that place, which is about my mother passing away. And as a partner, I talk about we were so much alike that being around each other, we fragrated nerves a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't exactly, I mean, we just kind of, we were two, you know, opposites track, that yin that yang. That's and mom and I were kind of the same yin and kind of, yeah. you know, and that's, that happens. But that's because I was so much like her. And I would really change that for the world. I love my mother and I, I think she was a wonderful woman. Did she have mistakes? Did she have flaws? Oh, hell yeah. So do I. And my, yeah, and, and mine was an R and it was a two. And I, I realized that, that but I you have learned from those mistakes too and kind of grow from them too. And not get stuck in that same rut of mistakes that they got into, right? Yeah. yeah. You also can't grow. No, well, you, you can't. You know, yes, that's, yes, you got to yes. let your faith take you on this one. Okay. She's up there celebrating. This is when, this is when we talked about uh, two weeks ago about community and about your when times get rough when the storm comes. Remember that one when the storm comes? What did I talk about? Your relationships. Because believe it or not, you can't do this by yourself. You can't. God proves that to us with the the babies in the neonatal care. If those babies do not get human contact. Most of them die. The ones that don't have severe mental disorders or emotional disorders. Because so now they have people like Scott's father who goes and volunteers just to rock the babies every day, just to hold them, to keep them alive. So that tells you we require other contact. We require relationships to survive. And it becomes even more evident as you know, my mother dies. Okay. If I was alone, I told you the story. When I found out, I found out on Facebook that my mother died. Okay? Facebook. She, that she had died. I was alone in my apartment. If Heath Heard, of all people, hadn't walked in the door when he walked in the door at my house, because nobody else was coming, I may not be here today. He saved my life. And he sat there with me for three days until it was time to go to the funeral, and he got my butt up, put it in the shower, put a suit on me, and kicked me out the door, and said, you're going to your mother's funeral. 
Now we should do it for the next year after that, and not let me sit in the house for a year by myself. But you know, I, I would like to add that something I learned recently, you know, fairly recently, actually. But I wish I wish I learned it before. But okay, um, check in, check in with it, love with your loved ones. I mean, why I, do you I, wish I, you learned that before? Well, I just I wish that there were times that I um I, I wish that I had gone to ask my mother like if she was all right. What, what what do you think that would have been would have been different though? What, what, how would that have changed things? I think you asked her if you were all right plenty of times. Some really um some really difficult things happened to her, and she okay she may not have had anyone to come and say are you all right? Do you think that listen maybe she listen listen, listen listen hear me hear me out just hear me out okay it's okay we can talk about this a little bit because I think I, I like to do not this too much. I want I want you to work on this a little bit. I'm not going to go too far into it. Okay, we'll do that in private counsel. Okay, well, listen. First of all. Deep breath. I'm sorry about it. No, no, be sorry, please. If your mom, do you really think that if you went to your mom and asked her that she would have opened up to you? Do you really think that she would? You don't know, but I mean, think an educated guess here. I mean, how often did you? I mean, your mom just wasn't. I don't think she was that type of person. A to open up to you because I, I don't mm -hmm. think she wanted to put that on you. She would have thought. Sorry, no, sorry, and she didn't want, but she didn't want to put that on you either. I, I, I agree. I think your mom loved you. I do. And I, I don't think that, that she would want to put her problems on your shoulders. She says you got enough problem on your own. Alright? Maybe she thinks it's better for no problem. She here's the deal. That's the counsel. Hear me. It still hurts. And when you think about these things and you wonder what if. And I get that. Okay? I stopped pointing in what if. And the reason I stopped wondering what it is because there's not a damn thing I can do about it now, first of all. And then it turns into second of all, second of all, the mother of Tom is up. And she's now better. She's now not taking the pills. She now doesn't need to hurt anymore. She now is celebrated. Yes. And she wants you. To get the hell over it. Carry out the legacy. She wants you to remember. Don't forget. Don't forget. But don't That's dwell. the point. Don't dwell. But do something with your head. You know, I talk about people have trouble, especially after something like this, they fall into depression and things. And it's hard to pick yourself up and do it for yourself. You don't, you don't feel like it. I don't deserve it. That's the thing. I don't do it. I don't do it. I can't. I, why should I? I'm nobody. I don't deserve that. Look what I get. Look what I've done in my life. I'm a screw up. Do you know what? It may be. Maybe. So do something for her. If you love her that much, and you want to talk about it just like this, and you want, you want to make it right with her, that's what it takes. Go to college for it. Do something for her. Turn your life into something that will make her proud. Is that easy enough? Is that easy enough? It's easy to say. Go help an old woman across the street. Whatever it takes. It's easy to say. But life is simple. It is. Life is simple. Yeah. It's just not easy. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Get off your butt. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't know why I just can't even reach you. You go again. You go again. Just talking in my head. Don't make that Don't make the mistakes you I mean, it's, it's, it's very clear in my head. I mean, it's, it's very clear. Don't, don't do what I do. Don't, just, don't, just stop. Please, don't make the mistakes I made. Okay? There it is. That's the message for today. Okay, okay. that's enough. I get it. Not you. Not you. She's very adamant. If you all think I'm crazy. Well, there's other reasons. We're all crazy. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift that is given to me, and it scares the hell out of me half the time when they do it. And I, it comes out of, out of nowhere, and, and I wasn't expecting it, and then it gives me that, that funky feeling. I get, I get a real, it's like, it's like, I just get a chill, and I can't explain it. It's just kind of like, I felt it get out of me. Leave me alone. It's kind of like, you know that you know the movie where uh, it's called Ghost? It was an old movie. Yes. It's an old movie with Patrick Swayze yeah, and Whoopi Goldberg. And Whoopi Goldberg has this, there's this, this black man who has passed on, and he inhabits her body right. to talk to his wife. And she's pushing him out. <laughs> and sometimes that's what it feels like. You know, it's just like, okay, 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 okay. 
you know. But sometimes I can't go on unless I say what I'm supposed to say. Right. So I did. I did it. I did it. I did it. You know, think about it. today's sermon. Talk to me. Because awesome. you're obviously you're about to tip the gap today. Go oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's, as long as it's nice, clean words now. Right? Because <laughs> that dollar adds uh, up quick. Well, I have started substituting for Mamba Jamba. That's fine. That's fine. All right. But, you know. Let's talk about the sermon. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about creeds more than deeds. What I wanted to ask. Sure. What exactly is the definition of creed? Well, you got a phone in your hand. That's what I was doing. Look it up and tell me what the definition of creed is. That's what we all have to understand first. Why do I do that? Why do I do that? When y'all ask me something like that, why do I do that? It's for self wisdom. Because are you going to remember better if you go and look it up and read it and do it yourself, or if I just tell you? Which is easier? Easier is easier for me to tell you. But you're going to understand it better if you see it, because visually you're seeing it, you're taking the effort to do it yourself, and also you can hear it because you're going to to say what it is. That helps also the speech, the hearing, all of those things help you retain it. Okay? If I just said it, you can forget it in five seconds. Right. I would like to say that memorizing it, while it might not make any mistake, gets pretty close to it. You, I think you just like to, 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 to make sure that I you catch me when I mess up all the time. Because I still get stuck. I still get stuck in the old apostle in the old apostolic creed from from you know. I'm, I'm, reco- I'm, re- I'm a recovering Catholic. I, it happens, you know. I get tired and you know. No. So, I love our creed. creed. Yes. I love our creed. Okay, let's, what's the definition of creed, Colby? The definition of creed is a system of Christian or other religious belief of faith. Second definition would be a formal statement of Christian beliefs. Especially the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Nicene Mm -hmm. Creed. Uh, And then the third definition would be a set of beliefs or aims that guide someone's actions. So, that's the one that really makes sense. A set of beliefs or aims that guide someone's actions. A creed. creed. Wash your hands before you eat. Right? That's what they gave them a creed. It wasn't for health. It was because before God you must be clean. Right? It was a, it was a, a, a and that's fine. It worked out. Much so it's nobility. Maybe. In a sense. So. Nobility. No, it has nothing to do with nobility. Yeah. Nothing to do with nobility. You're, you're on the wrong track. Creed is, it could be for a peasant, it could be for a noble. It is a law that is set forth By to follow. Itself? No, not usually. It could be. You could make your right. own creed. So but usually, in, in, the, in the common sense of the word, universe. common use of the word, it would be something, normally a religious creed is something that, that the <coughs> higher-ups in religion would pass down to whoever it is. So this is what the law is. It's the law. It's the law. So we're saying your rules are. And a deed is something done. A deed is doing something, right? Doing something so, Mr. Deed, the deed is a deed. Doing anything. The filthy deed is still right. a filthy deed. It's right. still a deed, right? But what are we talking about here? We're talking about what did you say earlier? Heart over heart over What does that mean? It means a lot, actually. For me, for me, for individuals. Go ahead, please, one of you. What it means is, for me at least, uh, we as as humans, you know, we have every every day we are doing things. Okay, we're interacting. So, but heart. To me, what we have is means you could have a, a soul guiding definition of how you go through life, but to have the heart to to say, for instance, look out for one another, to be there, to no matter what, look out for your fellow man, uh, regardless of the habits, so to speak, as in the outside influences that affect anything. So, when we talk about heart. Let me just, just ask you a question real quick. You talk about heart. Where does the heart, where does this heart come yeah, from? Where is it? You know, where is it? Is it, is it inside? Is it, what is it? Is it in our mind? Is it's it, all kinds. Where, where's that heart, this heart we talk about? What is that? Where is that coming from? Where does that reside in us? It's physical and soul. It's in our soul. It's soul it's and our soul. Our soul is what's guiding us. We're just this vessel with nothing but stardust. That's all it is. And it's the one thing we don't understand the most is our soul. Right? And that's who we are. That heart, we use that word heart. I think it's so funny we use that word. That's all I'm thinking That heart, though, that we have is to 
supersede that law that's been put out because at times it doesn't make sense. Look, I've told you this before. You know there's a tree right or wrong. You do. I believe you know that from the day you're born. Yep. I believe that. I believe it's inherent. Okay? If if you don't believe me, feel guilty about something. God gives you guilt so you'll recognize that you're doing something wrong. Okay? And that, that's the whole idea of free will, right? right? So, so when we, when we gave the $10,000 to the church, your pastor was very happy. And he praised you, and you had, you had big letters in the bulletin, and we had your name up there. So it's embarrassing now. Your parents need money. They're going to be foreclosed on, right? To go and say, Pastor, I need it. I think I want that back. Because I can't help my parents out. I mean, if, if it's any kind of pastor, it's, it's, it's any kind of pastor, it's going to hurt. <laughs> Believe me, right now, you know, $10,000 would be for us. I mean, it would be unbelievable. And it's going to hurt. I'm gonna, it's going to hurt me to get the money back. But I, there's no other answer. There's no other answer. Your parents need the money. And that's what I, that's what I want to add something to Is You can destroy habits. You cannot destroy a strong Anything, really. I mean, you can break hearts. You can crush hearts. You can... Stomp on hearts. You can do all kinds of things. You can be heartbroken, but you can never kill a heart because when you kill a heart, you die. Which is exactly the heart and soul. I can see where it's going. Where it's going. I, I get that part. It's the life. You can, I get that. What you're saying. You I'm just can, trying to bring sure can, You can do a lot of things to a heart. Exactly. And you can. You can do a, and, you know, and we do a lot to our own hearts. Exactly. Get hurt. You pick up. Down a little bit, we put them back up and put barbed wire around. Down a little bit, they put even more, and we put a damn moat around. Yeah, exactly. Look, but you can never destroy it. You what do I talk about all the time? What do I talk about? I have equalization. Exactly. Right. If you don't you want love, you want love, right? You gotta have it. Want love? You better understand hate. Because if you don't have an appreciation of this and what this is, how the hell can you appreciate this? And if you don't have this for yourself, how the hell can you give it away because you don't have it? And that's right. Go ahead. Go right ahead. It is in that. That this sermon means as much as it does. Because by by all means, I, I cannot change the world. I cannot. No, yeah, you can. Well, it can. Yeah, I can, so to speak. But I can't even necessarily completely remove myself from surroundings and how. What I do know is this, and what I learned today is, I know that if for everything that I can, can and cannot do, I have one thing, and it is my heart. What keeps me going to be there, to do what I need to do, what I know is right. And keep that heart connected to something else that's a little better than all of us. Well, exactly. And to keep that connected, you won't have a true problem in the world. You'll know where you're going. You'll know what your track is. You'll know where you're supposed to be. And you'll get that voice that you so desperately need. To speak up for yourself, right? God, right? You hear me? Do you hear me? Yeah. That's literally a sermon. I really do. There's a lot of emotion coming to me, and I feel it. I don't. I don't have to be really emotional about it. But I feel. I feel you guys, and. That's, I love it. Because it means that what I said about you, what I said, you gave connection to something in your life that you could understand it. Now, what do you do with it? What do you do with this that I gave you? How often would it come across where I just gave $10,000 to the church and I gotta take 8500 back to my parents? It's not gonna happen throughout. You gotta use this in other ways. You gotta, don't be so close-minded about it. Open your mind a little bit and think. You gotta start thinking about this in daily practices about using when it comes down to it, you've got to be able to discern whether it's going to be the creed or the deep. Okay? And if you're connected to your higher power, you're connected to God, you're praying, you're listening, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're staying on your path, then you're not going to have a problem discerning what you're supposed to be right at that point. But let me tell you something. We're not all doing that. We don't always do it. We always go on that path a little bit. It's not always fun to do it. No, it's not always fun. Right. People don't like it. You want to have fun. But, you know, what, what, what is your job while you're here on this earth? Yeah, to pray, to worship. 
serve and worship God in so many different ways. It doesn't mean you're not wrong. It's not about, in so many ways, it's not about us. Like, if you live your life for others, that's one of our, our creeds, right? Exactly. That's one of our creeds, men and women for others. But here's the difference when we can't use that creed. You can't take care of somebody else. Amen. You can't take care of yourself. Let me just, let me just put a little story with that. Okay? When you get on a plane and they talk about the oxygen coming out of the ceiling, right? And they tell you, if you're a mother and you have your baby with you, put the mask over your face first, then over and the motherly instinct, what's the motherly instinct? Immediately put it over yeah. the baby. Yeah. Well, what happens when you put it over the baby and you suffocate and die? Exactly right. The and, then, gonna and the baby dies too because you can't feed it. You're dead. So you kill two people. So, your mouth first, so you can survive, and then over the babies, and you can both survive. That's you cannot mother. give what you don't have. And if you don't have life because you're dead, you can't save the baby. That makes sense? So, where was I going at the beginning of that? I was talking about uh, taking care of yourself. Yes, yeah. take care of yourself. If you don't, if you're unable to take care of yourself, your basic needs, your basic life, Anything, your psychological life, your, your physical life, your monetary life, any of those things, if you can't take care of those things for yourself, how the hell are you going to take care of somebody else? You don't have to give. If I give you a dollar, you can give me that dollar back. And I guarantee you that dollar will come back to you tenfold. Okay. And if I need love from you, and you don't have that dollar or that love, what are you going to give me? Like a bunch of bull? But you're going to talk. And talk's not going to do it. It's walking the walk. Talk is cheap. Let me do it again. Where is it? Where's my program? Here it is. What am I going to say, Jim? What am I going to say? Non diligamus. Verbo. Nec lingua. Serenopere. Verifato. Non diligamus. Verbo. Nec lingua. Serenopere. Verifato. Have you not memorized that yet? Why not? You memorize everything else. Mm. What does it mean, Jim? I'm just dropping money out of my pocket. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean? Basically, talk is cheap and, and, and deeds over creeds. Walk it? the walk is yes. what it means. Yes. You can talk all you want. Yeah. You know, it means, it's, 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 it basically says, uh, love not the in, word. In, yeah. Love not the tongue, what the word says, what the tongue says. Don't, don't love that. Yeah. Love the deed. Yes. Love the action. You mean? Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. You can talk. You can all talk. We can all talk, 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 talk. I just hear talk all day long about how wonderful I am. And, what, and, 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 and how beautiful my church is. And how amazing it is exactly. And you put myself on this pedestal above all of you. And I go back to my room and finish watching cartoons like I do all day long. For that five minutes a day, I just come out and boast. Now, what did I do to make myself so wild? I didn't do the thing. Let me watch cartoons and bed my space of bonbons. I need to feed dogs and help clean the house. I need to do charity work. I need to pray. Ooh, let me pray. Yeah, it's very this, this is really important. You mentioned civic relationships. Parts over habits. It's big. Parts over habits. I think you remember that for the rest of your life. Parts over habits. In going about the growing about the one thing that you do is you have to connect with. Absolutely. If you lose that connection with your higher power, you lose that connection with God, you're in trouble. Now, how do you keep it? How do you pray? Talk to God. And then, then what? And then shut up. No, you go by that Bible. And then what? Do you? You shut up and listen. Do you listen? Do I hear you? I'm asking you. Oftentimes, do you hear things or do you listen? What's the deal? Simple and then not on purpose. But you know what can you purposely do it on purpose? Yes. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is not a monologue. It's not just one person talking. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. Now, I think I'm on my Pray for Aunt Susan so she gets well. Uh, pray that I can be able to pay my rent this month because my checks will be a little shorter. I used uh, your name and name three times this week. Please forgive me. And that's all.
Now, if you're sitting down, I, I was talking to you that way. I said, you know, hey, uh, my day went well today. Um, work was good. And I think I'm going to have uh, some turkey, just for turkey for uh, dinner. That would be very boring. And I walk away, and you're going, uh, excuse me, you didn't ask me how my day went, and uh, I'm already making a lasagna, so why are you in there making turkey? What the hell's wrong with you? Why are you walking away from me? What do you think God's doing? He's going, excuse me, you just talked to me and told me these things, and now you just walk away. I have something to say to you. And how do we hear it? That's the question. There's many ways. You shut up first of all. And how do you shut up? Because it's all up here with noises, right? So I'm not necessarily talking about your mouth. Your mouth doesn't need to shut up. That's the obvious. How do you get the noise in your head shut up so you can hear God? Like, communication. Shut up and say, I. There's a couple of different ways to do this. And it works differently for different people. Okay. Now, here's the way I do it. And the way I've learned how to do it. Now, I'll tell you again, it's a little different for me now, but when I first came across this need that I had, that I had to hear something, this is how I do it. It's a meditation type thing. It's, it's almost like meditating. It's, uh, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Just get someplace where nothing's going to bother you, where I'm not around in, in, in a closet if I have to, in the bathroom with the lights off, wherever. Somewhere where I'm not going to bother. Put my phone someplace else, the dog someplace else, whatever. I need 10 minutes. Here, money. That's happened, it doesn't matter right now. So they all, I, I, vision, I, I visualize it just falling away from me, and I'm open. It's, it's not my ears, I'm, I'm looking on here. It's the only part of my body that's open to receive whatever it's going to receive. Yeah, can I ask something real quick? Please? Sure. It's not really. Um, Go ahead. Seduction yesterday, so many ways, it can even be in the form of prayer. Like I say, this is the season to be different for everybody. Exactly. This is a way that I was able to hone in on, on my on my listening. Okay? Awesome. This is a way that I get it. And it, it works for a lot of people. God, God can do what he wants to do. Okay? If God has something to say to you and you're really not listening, he really thinks you need to get it, he'll put a damn billboard outside your house. Exactly. Okay? Whether you look at it and make a decision about it and make a change about it, it's your decision. Exactly. Still, it's not people you can go. But anyway, that's who I was. So there, and anyway, I just do this like this makes nobody touch you. I can't describe it anymore. There's not words to describe it. Okay. It's funny now. See, God's got me now, right? Because I've been yeah. doing this for a little while. So I'm always, I, I feel like I'm always more open now to God's word, to hearing him than I ever was before. So I don't really necessarily have to block everything out to stay receptive, okay? So I can be walking down the street, and, <laughs> and it's like, hey! Why don't you go tell him this and that and the other and do this and that and I'm like, and I'm like, just got this urge to go like have you know, just I have to tell everybody right now about this, you know? And I keep going crazy. When I when I think about it, and so for a while I thought I was crazy. I mean, Jesus gives you this urge all of a sudden to go and do this. Yeah. It's not though, because I, I, I sat and thought about it, I thought, you know what? That was just God saying, go and this is what needs to be done. And he decided that, you know, he didn't want to wait for me anymore to ask him to talk to him. So he just said, I'm going to talk to you now. So here we go. So it's kind of nice having it now where he can, it's nice, but it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, startling at times. Where he can, he can push the button on the conference call. And I don't like to do it for him because I'm open and more receptive. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but it's also a, <coughs> I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's just like but it's also very it startling at times to feel the presence of God around you when you didn't get on your knees and prepare yourself for that, you know, you could be anywhere, like, you know, showering or jail, any jail or, you know, doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know, anything, 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 anything. You put some physical harm, too. Definitely, sure. Physical harm, too. 
and tap you on the shoulder. Have you felt that? If you don't feel someone tap you on the shoulder when you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and you turn around, there's nobody there. Or grab by the shirt to that effect. And you, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah something yeah. that just hey, hello, somebody's here. You go, yeah, yeah. You see that? What was that? Yeah. Was looking at you. What's wrong with you? Don't dismiss things like that. You're not crazy. Yeah. Hey, don't dismiss it. Now, if you're having a paranoid attack, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm talking about everyday life here. When you're normal in the head. Okay, when you're, you know, not lots, you know, think about it. It's happened to you. I know it has. So, that power of prayer. The prayer is not what everybody thinks it is, is it? Because nobody knows. Nobody does it. Nobody listens. We, it can, it, it, I'm so glad I'm a recovery Catholic. You know, I, 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 anybody, any of you Catholics need help, call me. I, I swear I will get you out of there. <laughs> look, they, look, they, and they, they shove these prayers down your throat from the age, of, from the time you can talk. Okay? So when you go to church every Sunday and you regurgitate this crap, it's not crap, they're beautiful prayers. When you regurgitate what they shove down your throat all your life, you have no idea what you're saying. You a robot. You, you're a robot. You're not, Oh, kneel, get up, say this. And I sort of feel like that as a, as, a, as a preacher here, because our church is is based a lot off of Catholicism. But we do our we do our, our, our entire prayer of Thanksgiving every week is totally different. Our creed says the same. Our creed does say the same. But it's not set in stone either. If we need to come together as a church and say, look, we want to reword this, we want to change this a little bit, we want to add this to it, you know, we can do that. We can do that. Because we're a universal church. Because God gave us the ability to do that. That's a man-made creed, okay? Yeah, it might be divinely inspired. But God knows that we change. He made us. We're not pro-magnon anymore, okay? We're not stuck. We're not even the Jews of Jesus' age anymore. We are different people. The Bible does not fit with what we live today. You have to use your mind to go into it and say, look, okay, yeah. Human hands touch this Bible, so I know there's going to be problems with it. I know there are, but I have a brain, and I can usually pretty much tell what's right and wrong here, right? Also, I can look at the Bible and go, okay, this is what it worked for then. It doesn't really make a lot of sense now because it didn't apply. But I can take that lesson that you learned from the story and apply it to my life. Oh, that's great. It's all relative. It's about the lessons. It's about what they're trying to teach you. The stories are really irrelevant. They really are, except for one. Except for one. And that's the, the story of Jesus Christ. Everything else is, honestly, I, 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 people get on me for saying this. Everything else, I don't care if it happened or not. Because it, how does it affect your life right now, forward, whether it happened or not? What well, he's trying to do is teach you a lesson. It's, whether it's a parable or the true story, I don't care what the names are, I don't care who teaches it to you, I don't care where you learn it. The lesson is what you're trying to learn. You're trying to learn so you can know if it's trees or deeds, if it's right or wrong. I certainly don't know the difference between right and wrong. But this helps you refine that. It's really a refreshing thing to, to, or really a refreshing notion, because you know, the Church of Christ they don't do all the all the kneeling and everything like that. But you know, obviously you're told to pray from the earliest. You know, you can you recognize it. But I was never the, the idea. To you're listen, taught. The yeah. idea was to listen was never brought up. How could you not listen? You know yeah. why? Maybe they don't want you to listen. They say pray, 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 you know, but not, you know, not look. You know, yeah, distractions. No, it's not that. It's not distractions at all. Let me tell you what it is. Religion naturally. Natural, this is a natural thing. This is a psychological thing that I'm going to tell you about. Naturally, in a, in a situation like that of a, of a business or a monarchy or whatever it is, there is going to be a level of control that we, oh, have, we have to give them. Go, we do yeah. give them. We give them that control. Okay? The problem is, think about, okay, when the Christian church started, you've got to understand. I mean, we had a bunch of pagans and Jews and other people doing other different religions, and they had all the little holidays they did. They were used to that, and great, right? Here's these crazy people going around talking about this dead man that came back to life and is our Lord and Savior. And I think you put yourself in the shoes of some of these pagans going, I, I, I'm a son of God person. You know, I get It's always been here. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Crazy? So they have to come in, and they, they, they do things like they take these pagan holidays, and they... We're going to have this holiday, same holiday at the same time. We're just going to celebrate our holiday with it, and it kind of blends and becomes Christmas. Universal. You know, Christmas. Right? So think about that. Were they trying to be manipulative? Maybe a little. Because I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, look—if you walk into trying to be a door-to-door -door salesman and sell Jesus Christ to the pagans, 
you're in trouble. But it took the Holy Spirit being in these men and being able to convince like Jesus Christ did that words, that Jesus Christ had a presence in people. And I believe that that presence was passed on through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. And those 12 got out there and they made Christianity what it is today. And that's amazing to me. So when you think about that, the control factor was necessary at the time. Here's the problem. As it went on, it changed time. It's evolved there. And you're talking about money and power. Most of the times back in the day, a bishop, a bishop was very high in government. He had power of the laws over your life and your death. If you didn't kiss his ring the right way, when you walked in the room, you were put in brig. You were put down in the, in the catacombs. The power went to their head. I still think the power uh, is uh, power. They still have a lot of that power stuck in their head. A lot of religions do. And to tell somebody to listen to God, if you really mean it, if you really mean it, say, hey, listen to God. That might be beneficial for their religion. So, all for the preaching of Christianity, all for the preaching of the good, all for the preaching of truth, and all for the preaching of you following your own path. And I, it hurts me to see the religions become so oppressive. So, this is not about them. It, it, in part, in the for this to survive, yeah, I have to ask for money. That's the way it works. Yeah, I hate it. But I don't have to, I don't have to get out and take all that money and just go crazy with it and, and keep on more and more and more and more and not doing, and just building bigger cathedrals and more gold and more this and more. Look, that money can go a lot further to, with the to, to, to charity. And I don't mean a church. I mean, people that need it. Because, you know, so they were in Highland Park with their Highland Park church and their multi-million dollar churches over there. You know, I went to a multi-million dollar church when I grew up. I, I did St. Monica. It's a beautiful, beautiful Art Deco building. They, I mean, it's, it's, it, they've written books about it, okay? It's gorgeous. But, why? Because it attracts the people with the money. They feel more comfortable there, they'll give. And then they, all, all in all, that makes it where we can give more to charity. Below. Okay, you know, I think that there's a lot of people to do good out there. I think there's a lot of Catholic priests that do good. I think the Methodist group, a lot of people in the Church of Christ do good. I think religion is in a wall. Will it happen again? Hell yeah. It's always you got humanity involved, there's going to be corruption, there's going to be greed, there's going to be problems. Just think about rumors. Well, anytime you give people that much authority, that's going to go. And you have to give them authority. You do. Right. Look at that. I mean, look at that. And, and they're trying to get them under control now. But, you know, you've got, you got to trust your pastor. You do. Because if you don't, why the hell are you going there? He's trying to give you life lessons. He's, he's tr I, I try and be you know, exactly. I try and be as honest as I can with you guys, and sometimes that's not very fun. And, and, and I've said it before. I don't have a lot of friends, and one of the reasons I don't have a lot of friends is because I tell truth to them. A lot of times they don't want to hear it. Most of the time they don't. Most of the time they don't. They may realize ten years from now that they needed to. Huh? It absolutely can. It has. Oh, it has. But I'm not going to stop. Because I need you to trust me. And if I lie to you and become this false key that I'm not, some holier than thou. Look, I've been in the tradition. I've been in the, in the, in the ditches with people. I've eaten out of a dumpster. I've gone through this with all of them. I mean, look, I'm not going to go into all of the, the crap I've done in my life. I've been there. So I understand. I didn't come out of seminary, you know, fresh out of seminary, out of college, and put a little white collar on and go, okay, I understand what you're doing. No, you don't. How can you possibly counsel me? You can counsel me and, and tell me some wonderful stories about from the Bible, and you can help me, you know, probably try and relate that way. But so, so can I. And then I can tell you about my life. I can tell you about how God turned it around for me, and how, how every day is still a struggle. Every day. But with God on my side, it's, it's tough. 
trying to change you. With God on your side, it's so much easier. Believe that. I'm starving. You know, you need animal crackers in front of me, so I'm getting really hungry. So, let's close up with a prayer today. Okay? Heavenly Father, wow, a lot going on today. Thank you for the enlightenment. Thank you for my ability to speak today. Thank you for my ability to hopefully pass on some information that helps these people. I ask that you watch over us this week and that you. Help us to take care of ourselves. Maybe it's the path we're on. Illuminate it a little bit for us. Turn the brights on for us. Let us see where we're supposed to be going. Remind us where that path is so that we can at least try to get back where we're supposed to be going. And we give you all the glory for that. It's always easier to go. We'll have a great week. We'll cross our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father.